peeing a ton are we rolling right now oh yeah man, we're rolling okay, we're okay. rolling we're yeah I've been, I've been peeing an absolute ton oh, and, it's crazy and how it goes though well because i'm doing the the shred here at the garage gym and you know six week shred you gotta drink a lot of water yeah what's your number a day four liters four liters yeah yeah so i'm doing the 75 hard i've been drinking like four liters I'm trying to do almost five a day for like i'm on day 64 or 65 a lot yeah the first of all the 75 hard looks amazing uh i think i'd like to try it maybe next year but yeah the water the water's insane it's just i'm going to the bathroom every five minutes i go to the bathroom a lot anyway so i'm going all the time it's okay <laughs> and you were uh, you were saying before we uh, started recording packed has become something a, a thing for you so i was eating a lot of eggs the first few weeks and i don't know about you but i could only eat eggs so many days let alone a big mound pile of eggs <laughs> and so uh somebody said to me i think nikki at the gym said you know you should try these brownie chocolate packed pancakes and so changed my life eat those every day one giant pancake covered in blueberries a little bit of maple syrup just a tiny little bit it's perfect really shout out to uh monica at packed monica's <laughs> one of my uh tag life people she's really killing it she does a good thing oh so it's fantastic chocolate brownies your go-to chocolate brownie 100 really so I'll, I'll blow your mind again take the chocolate brownie mix it with the peanut butter together so there's okay. a peanut butter okay. with the yeah, chocolate yeah. brownie yeah. so good and yeah. another trick everybody's listening listen to this trick because danny came up with this um you don't typically cook a pancake with the lid on the pan right danny's i don't know if Danny's not like, uh, she's like really becoming a better cook lately. <laughs> not she's a bad cook at all. She just likes, like, she follows recipes, you know what I mean? She just like, the kitchen's not her thing. But she's really getting good at it. And she like, what, she put the pan on the, the pancakes. It changed our whole packed experience. Why? It makes them like more moist. Okay. Like it's, it's the, she does a good job of it, Monica, with packed to keep them like, so they're not like completely dried out. If you ever made like a homemade packed or a homemade like protein pancake, they're always so dry. But put the lid on it and they seem to be fluffier and more like a typical... Like, what are those, like, Aunt Jemima pre-made or whatever? Like, yeah, you know, yeah. the ones that aren't good for you type pancakes. Yeah, we'll, we'll do our, we'll finish our packed uh, ad in a minute here. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing uh, two scoops of packed pancakes, a little bit of egg whites, and a little bit of Greek yogurt. Oh, so that's my mix. Into mix, it. Yeah, so I mix that up. No water. So it's it makes one giant pancake. It's almost a bit too liquidy. It's very hard to flip. But if I can get it over, it's, it's perfect. It's good. But... On Saturday, I ran out of pack, so I tried making one with just protein powder and a little bit of uh, baking powder. It was, it was really hard to eat. Really bad. <laughs> it was just not good. Yeah, the baking powder can be rough, man, no, too. Like, baking powder is that thing. If you add just that touch too much, it's disgusting. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was awful. Yeah, I've been also do. I've been doing a lot of, like, the, like, I make a waffle with the, the what's it, multigrain, not multigrain, everything bagel okay. uh, flavor that they do. A waffle with some eggs over top and just crack it. Oh, so man, so good, so good. The other the other thing that's worth checking out, maybe you've heard about it, but it's the Magic Spoon cereal. So I don't know if you've heard about that. So they make like kids versions of cereals, oh, but yeah. really loaded with protein. Used to only ship into the States. Now they ship to Canada. It's really, really good as well. Wow, so, so far we've uh, promoted Black <laughs> Rifle, Packed, and and none of the people that actually, like, you know, pay us for this stuff. But, no, Monica, I love supporting the local business. She's local right awesome. here from, from LaSalle, Ontario. And, uh, you know, if you want a product, it's available pretty much all over Canada, and it's really, like, taken off. 
And since we're doing our promos, HQ Nutrition, <laughs> I got my white breezy EAAs going right now. Oh, and, that's uh, delicious too. Popped my HQ Focus. I do that before every podcast. If you're interested, head over to their website, Tango 15. Uh, I the Nootropics, man. I don't know if you've gotten into that thing, nope. but I am. I'm a believer. Like I just feel more alert. That was maybe quitting drinking. So, anyways, today the guy I've been chatting with is Noah Fleming. If you guys don't know Noah. Uh, he was on episode, I think, like 15 or something, one of our first episodes. We've been bringing back a lot of the, uh, a lot of our fan favorites so far, and, and the people that I love sitting down to. Not that I haven't enjoyed every guest, but some of them are just a lot more, uh, you know, closer knit into my my uh, life. And I see Noah, you know, once, twice a week for almost four years, five years, because right. he is my very first Kingsville customer. Apprehensively came in, <laughs> refused to give me a deposit until we opened the doors, but now believes in us very much. Uh, Noah is operates his own uh, Fleming Consulting, his own business. He quit his nine to five job many years ago. If you want to hear that whole story, go to episode 15. It's awesome. It's very uh, inspirational story. And we were really plugging a lot of the old podcasts lately, so I hope people are going back. Uh, he's also written three books, Evergreen, uh, The Customer Loyalty Loop, and Dealing with Difficult Customer. And most importantly, he is a husband and a father to two beautiful daughters, and he's known as the kingmaker of Kingsville. <laughs> no, don't I'll say that. I'll never let him live that down, and I hope the other members are listening and you don't do the same. So let's roll, man. So let's just start right there in the shred. So you are really killing it in the shred. You were one of the people, one of the few people who haven't taken, uh, ever jumped on board with our transformations and our shreds. We do them twice a year, usually at New Year's and in the summer, summer shred, this one being. However, with COVID, we backed it up to September, and uh, people are seem to be really killing it. And you're one of them. What, like, well, thanks. What are yeah. some results? What are some things that are happening? What do you yeah, What did you learn? Let's I, go through. I don't know why I've never done them in the past. They're just, you know, I love the gym. I've been going since day one. It just never crossed my radar as something I should do, even though I've probably known every time I should do it. And I think, uh, you know, I don't know. I step on the scale once in a while and sometimes you see a number that doesn't look right or sometimes you look in the mirror and something doesn't look right and so I just knew that this time it was time to give it a try and uh, I told myself if I was gonna do it I was gonna be extremely disciplined here and so and I have been uh, I haven't cheated once uh, wow. stuck with well there's probably a slice of pizza in there I think one day but have stuck with it and you know it's i feel amazing i feel probably better than i've felt all year i have more energy than i've ever had i'm working out early now so it's uh it's been great and i've said to my wife heather that every time the gym does one of these i'm probably going to do it now just for that that six week reset which i think is just so uh it's so beneficial and so powerful so yeah i'm thrilled that i did it and you know a week and a half to go but i think i'll probably stick with it longer good good and so what about alcohol you stay away from that yeah, so this year, so this, I think, like a lot of people after the pandemic or through the pandemic, I drank probably way more than I should. We were ordering up a lot of wine. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was, the yeah. wine. Oh, was, like, we had yeah. it coming. By, Especially in the winter, right? Yeah, I mean, starting probably last April, uh, the kind of month or two in the pandemic, it was arriving every couple of days by the <laughs> box full from Niagara and all over. And so I get, I guess, you know, people do a dry January. We did a dry January, which was our goal to stick with January, but that turned into February and then that turned into March. We had a little bit in March, a little bit of wine. We kind of introduced a little bit back, but 
I mean, I probably cut down my drinking by 90% from what I used to drink. Not that I drank a ton or I had a, any sort of drinking problem, but, you know, I had a glass of that's wine. Maybe a, yeah, that's right. Probably had a <laughs> glass of wine uh, every night with dinner. And, you know, I'm involved in a wine club. And so we meet once a month and drink a lot of wine. And I've, uh, yeah, I've just totally cut it back. And again, just feel a lot better. A lot Isn't more clarity. It weird how the energy, like, it's like you're probably going to bed at the same time. I, I, I do, at least even when I was having drinks. It's like the clarity and the energy that I feel is is so odd yeah like, i mean it, again i think a lot of people would feel the same way drinking's really fun in the moment and when you're doing it but you never feel good after you never do uh i never feel right the next day or the next morning you know there's just a cloudiness and a fog and a lot of people talk about brain fog and you know not having sort of the clarity they would like and i think that's a big part of it and so cutting that out has been has been really good and i turned 40 and you know just one of those things to uh to to work on Young dog, young dog. <laughs> so let's talk body composition. Have you are you feeling like clothes fitting different? Like do you feel you know shoulders? What like what's what do you feel? Yeah, I I think so. I mean talk No, I will so. talk about it. I mean <laughs> you know, just saying I turned forty, I've got probably twenty something years of not great eating habits, right? And probably have never really focused on nutrition as well as I should. Um, I've tracked what I eat before, I've tracked macros, I've done that whole thing and you often lose weight, but again the the body composition as you get older it starts to change and and it starts to get a lot harder and so yeah i haven't lost a ton of weight um i think that i'm stronger clothes are definitely fitting a little bit better but you know it's like i've told my wife it, it, i'm not going to turn into you know some tank in six weeks it's going to take some time to really trim down and so but i think the really cool thing is it there is a transformation there right it's a it's a like you guys have said from early on it's a transformation in your mind that you can do this and you can have healthy eating habits and you can plan meals and you can eat healthy every day and, and it's really doable and actually quite enjoyable and yeah so, transformation like it means like you're not going back you're transformed into right. something different and that for me is a mindset that we had somebody say to us uh in the last couple of weeks like yeah i could have done this from home well, well yeah absolutely you're supposed that's the yeah, whole idea that's right. we want you to do this from home and we want it to go beyond six weeks like i know a lot of people are into the six week gimmick and those kinds of things that that's the the naysayers but for us it's like we want to teach you in six weeks like we don't want you to redo this every single time we want you to want to because you enjoyed it so much you know what i'm saying we don't want yeah, you to yeah. have to redo this in like next time but i, I hope that you want to because you had such an enjoyable experience with it and it's it is weird like the body uh it's like nutrition and fitness i feel like are the fountain of youth oh for sure like for sure birthdays aren't the same like i don't feel like I'm, my 43rd birthday is the same as a lot of people's 43rd birthdays you know and i, I want to make i want to stay like that i always want to be that way yeah you, you know when you work out at a gym like garage gym every day there's there's uh, really fit people that come in and the shirts are coming off and some yeah, of these guys right. show up at the gym without, without even wearing Tags, a shirt, yeah, right? Yeah, they yeah. walk, in, they walk into the door, shirts already off. And uh, again, it's going to take some time to to get to that point. It's not going to happen in six weeks, but but I think the foundation is set and you recognize that you, you can change your body in a really interesting, dramatic way. Yeah, 75 days for me, almost there at 75 days, but I the pictures from day one to now are, are pretty drastic and it's literally two pounds difference yeah it's crazy and i think a lot of people i had a conversation with a female here and uh this is the part that really we want to hammer home is like she's like oh i'm only down such and such and it was like also considering like her starting body weight is like 
60 percent of what i weigh yeah. like so like when you like if i lost 10 pounds and she lost four pounds it's like it's equivalent yeah right but it's just not a huge number and then that she goes on and you're, you're like well and but how do you feel i feel great my clothes fit better <laughs> I, I look better in the mirror blah, 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 blah. but i've only lost four and you're like what what's why the butt like That's everything right. else right. in front of that seems so important we're putting a we put a number on this or a such value on this number of some device that really has no bearing on your health yeah you know like so. yeah i think i think too i've i've fallen into that trap before you know he asked me why i did it this time why i haven't in the past i fall into that trap before of it's not the right time right but there's always something right, right. And, and, and right when even when this started people would say like how are you going to get through thanksgiving right well i'm going to get through thanksgiving i'm going to have some turkey i'm going to have maybe a little tiny sliver of pie but i'm not going to have four plates full of, of stuff and so I always told myself, you know, well, Halloween's coming and Christmas is coming and then New Year's is coming, but there's always something coming. You're 100%. The 75 too, especially the longer commitment, it was like, when do we start? And we end up starting in the summer, which people are like, you're crazy. But I'm like, like the same with you. When it's you like, start? well, when am I during like the Super Bowl? Like during, right. like it's always going to be something. And right. I went through uh, the last month of summer. I went through uh, my birthday. I went through. But for me, the draft day for my fantasy league is a big one. Uh, opening day for the NFL and Thanksgiving and a wedding, a family wedding. The wedding was the hardest one. I don't know if I ever want to go to a wedding again sober, but everything else hasn't been that bad. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. But I know the day that I'm done, this is the day I leave for that fishing trip up north that I do okay. with my buddies every okay. year for the yep. World Series. Yep. So I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I know that there's somebody at Costco right now buying all the chips that they yeah. sell. One of my so we'll see how I make up. But well, like, you, I feel like I'm gonna feel like extra shit now. Like when I do have a yeah, but then of you just you know what? That's the thing about the transformation again. I've realized. Then you just get back on the wagon. Right? Yeah, it's like exactly enjoy New Year's or enjoy this trip with your buddies and have some chips and have some fun. But come Monday, right back at it. And yeah, I think dial that, it right back in. I mean, that's been my problem in the past. It just it snowballs. What happens between Friday and Sunday is all of a sudden the same way I'm eating on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and it you know yeah it doesn't work that way. And you've been strict, so I'm curious. I, I didn't plan to go this whole nutrition no, route with fine. you, but uh, you've been strict. And I'm curious on what you've done because I know people. Some people are all about the macros, and we offer both. Like mm -hmm. you can you can build your own macros, like eat X amount of protein, carbs, and fats, or you can follow the two day meal plan that Danny's laid out. So what, what the, the meal plan was helpful, um, and I've used that to an extent, but I'm also tracking macros. I think the, the biggest breakthrough for me is, is the meal prep and the meal planning. And, you know, inspired by another member, Allie Dunn, uh, watching her posts yeah, every week. Yeah, she's a machine, and, man. And, again, being busy, uh, we've talk, I think we talked about this last time, we're busy with kids, we've got sports, we've all got a lot going on. That to me again has been such a pivotal, pivotal transformation point that Sunday I can cook for a whole week in about two and a half, three hours and not have to think about it anymore. It's amazing. Uh, I leave to go to my office in the morning. I grab, you know, my snack and I grab my lunch and it's all right there. Come home, just throw something in the microwave or on the stove, warm it up and it's all done. And so for me, that has been such a game changer. Um, so yeah, a lot of chicken, a lot of sweet potatoes, a lot of broccoli, but you know, sriracha is amazing and sriracha makes everything sriracha taste. Sriracha does. Everything, everything it tastes does. so good with sriracha. So I haven't gotten sick of a meal. Um, just enjoying it. So I've been eating almost basically the same meal plan. She's, we've adjusted portions. She started this shred. I'm like the guinea pig for Danny always okay. with this stuff. So she guinea pig this shred on me before we decided to do 75 hearts. So I ate like the shred. 
almost the same meal plan. And then went ready to 75 hard and I'm just like, fuck it, just keep my meal plan. <laughs> so I've been eating the same for almost four months. You know, like during the, the shred prep, I, I wasn't like being super strict, but most meals and then I just cheat here and there. But I found like following a meal plan, I know a lot of people say you don't learn from a meal plan. I kind of disagree because the meal plan for me is like, I have, like you said, zero thoughts. It's one, three, four less decisions I have to make in a day. What am I to eat? I go to that thing and I am like, I'm like a machine now. I don't have to look at my paper. I'm like one cup of this, one this, one this, out the door. Yeah. And then when I do have a meal that like, say I went to your house for dinner or over to Irv's or went out for dinner, we went for lunch right now. I just make that meal resemble what my meal would be. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, I might not be having steak, but what's another fatty meat? Uh, it might be salmon. That's right. You know, I'm going to eat around the same amount. I'm going to eat that same amount, roughly eyeball, you know, and like I'm not going to worry that the my cup of rice or my cup of sweet potatoes might be off just a little bit, but it's close enough where it's going to keep me in the game, right? It makes yeah, a lot of sense. It, it really does. I mean, the last the last sort of breakthrough for me is I've often heard Danny say that uh, food is fuel, right? And I've heard her say that for years, but it hasn't really meant a lot to me. It hasn't really resonated too much because I eat like shit. And so I never really feel that great after some of the stuff that I eat. But uh, I get it now because I have a lot of fuel. I have a lot of energy. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of clarity. I can go to bed well at night. I'm not hungry. I'm not craving to have some snacks because I'm eating really good foods throughout the day. And just so, yeah, it's been really great. It's been really awesome. The only complaint I have is, man, the up in carbs. Man, I am a gas machine. Like, I'm a machine. I'm a machine. You can't be around me in some days. But other than that, I think it's like, but that's also a learning curve. You're like, man, I got something important today. I better not have that rice. Yeah, you better, better go not. to the sleep potato today. <laughs> Anyways, all right, let's get in. So Danny's actually been reading your book. And uh, like part of the 75 Heart Challenge is we read 10 pages a day. And she, uh, I, I read your book when you gave it to me man, four years ago. Yeah. And then she's, uh, she got into it. So we've been discussing it a lot and there's been some things happening in the gym with all these changes and all this stuff that we had to really, you know, we were looking for, you know, for advice and for references and for just to, you know, different routes and different techniques. And uh, one of the things that kind of hit us with you is your, your three C's. Yep. So character, correct me if I'm wrong, character, community, and content. You got it. So how, like how does a small business versus, I can see how a small business does it, but you advise big businesses like you know you've worked yeah. with broadway you've worked with yeah. capitals yeah, yeah like of course yeah like it, the garage gym to have character community and content seems simple yeah how do you bring that to a large scale yeah it it's a good question it doesn't always resonate to a larger business but but in a lot of cases it, is, it does so the concept of uh you know character and how you can accentuate your company's character there's a lot of CEOs and larger companies that can really get involved like you do in, in a small business uh, and have more of a presence. And so that can bring out that character of who they want to be. Uh, again, big companies can be really good at forming communities. The, the big thing for me that was a big takeaway in that book as I was reflecting on what's been going on at the garage gym was this idea of community versus tribes. And I think that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if you read that again. But, you know, it was a distinction I made a few years ago uh, when I wrote that book because there was a book at the time called Tribes by Seth Godin, who I was a huge follower of. I'm a huge fan of. He actually yeah, has an endorsement. He has an endorsement on the cover of Evergreen. And so he read that 
and you know he kind of disagreed with what I had said but I kind of disagreed with what with what he said but the difference is was a lot of companies were a lot of brands were talking about this idea of building tribes but if you look at tribes historically tribes are really uh, they're exclusionary right if you're not in the tribe you're not in right where communities are more inclusionary if you're if you're new you're welcome uh, we want you to be part of this and so to me that was just a distinction that I think a lot of companies were falling in a trap of uh, CrossFit, right, often referred to themselves as a tribe. And so a lot of gyms, a lot of CrossFit gyms, in my feeling, had that sort of tribe mentality. It's kind of hard to break in, even though they also want it to be a community. And so to me, there was a big distinction there. Yeah, yeah, I find like a community, a lot of communities kind of lately has been an oversold word, like community and culture are two things that I'm yeah. trying to separate. Like community is part of our values, but I find that culture might be even more important, like bringing the proper culture into your community. And, that's what a lot of this stuff was. We had some, you know, some tension, and 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 it was, and it was, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's on me, and I wanted to make sure, like, hey, this is, this is me opening up to you guys on where I've gone wrong, and hoping that that opens self awareness to other people to say, like, oh, you know what, maybe we could have done this better, and maybe we could have done that better, and then if everybody from, you know, let's say the top down, without trying to be, you know, derogatory by that, like the top being me, the down being the newest person who ever joined the gym, if we all just do things a little bit better. You know, with the new changing rules and stuff, I think that that community will just thrive. Yeah. And and sometimes it's like, you know, it is a ninety nine point nine percent. This is never a problem. That's it's, right. It's just that that point one percent, man. It just seems to sting and it seems to sit around. And the longer you let a little ember burn, the more likely it is to cause a fire. And and That's that was right. my mistake as the leader. Is I was letting an ember, you know, start to catch, and it was starting to get a little bit of a flame. And then you know, a conversation. It's crazy. How, like a real shitty hard conversation really sorts things out yeah I think you know you're maybe being a bit too hard on yourself if you ask me my opinion but I also think you're a very self-aware uh, leader and you're constantly thinking about what's going on you're inspired and you love this community that you've built and so I think you care about it uh, tremendously you know I do believe that any sort of challenges like this can sort of come up and stem up and, and get worse. But at the end of the day, the, the culture is there. Uh, you've built a really fabulous culture. And I think, you know, like you said, having that conversation was uh, was so beneficial. It has opened a lot of doors. You know, now we're party planning, right? And we're, yeah. we're looking at the next <laughs> thing. And so it's like, oh, we're back. Here we go. We're all good. Yeah. Uh, so it was great. And, you know, I think that's, to me, the key is that if you have a leader that has that sort of self-awareness, uh, but also has that that care for the culture, and whether that's customers or employees or whatever, that just goes so uh, so far. I've worked with, as you said, I've worked with some big companies. I've worked with some really bad leaders. You know, I don't know if I told this story last time, but I had a client it was a hundred million dollar company, and when I was there, uh, people would come up to me in tears. Right. And, and just just a negative culture. Uh, and so I think to go to your point, culture and community are very much aligned. I think community has been an overused buzzword over the past few years, but it's important. And you're right. I think culture feeds your community. And so, you know, I think you're doing a great job. Well, I appreciate that. One uh -huh. lesson learned. I know Irv, you're you're starting a business and, or you have a business. You're starting to grow your business. You have more. Uh, team members which means that you have more people to manage and one thing I learned is like almost I, I would say like I think I talked to you about this like I feel like 90% of what I said in that meeting 
had been reiterated in every correspondence via email, via our group messaging, all that stuff. It's just, it, it just goes to show how much human contact means. Yeah. Because saying it and people seeing my expression, right? Like that's why I think the, the evolution of Zoom has been so much. Like now when I do calls with like, like onboarding people or like every new person I, I get on a phone call with them, I do it on Zoom. I want to see their face. Yeah. I want them to see, and you realize like wearing a mask, how much people lose of what you say. Like a lot of what I do, like I, I talk very harshly, <laughs> like for the most part to people, but I usually say it in like a, with a smile. That's why I kind of like stop with this mask. Cause I feel like a lot of the stuff I'm saying is being taken people like, Oh my God, what did you just say to me? And they're not seeing that the love that's coming behind it. And I think that that's a real important. And so that's a lesson I learned Yeah, is like, don't rely on the email. Don't rely on the messaging. Like you, like I was relying too much on that technology where I should be relying on like what I do best, which is being in front of people. It's lean into your strengths. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's hard for people. It's sometimes it's hard for people to, to say what's really on their mind, but what happens is those things simmer, right? And they simmer and they get to that boiling point and it's, it's not good. Uh, <clears throat> I was talking to a CEO yesterday of a company in Vancouver and again, a really high impact, uh, leader of a company. And he was telling us this story very similar. Like he comes into the office and everybody's wearing masks and he would say something like, how are you feeling today? And you know, and the answer is always like, oh, I'm fine. Right. But like, he wants to know, no, really, how are you feeling today? Like take off the mask, have a conversation with me. And I think it's really hard for some people. The pandemic has made things obviously a lot harder. Like you said, we've gotten accustomed to technology and zoom calls. All of my business interactions in the past 18 months have been over zoom. Like it, does get a little exhausting and tiring. Um, we need to get face to face with people as hard as it is. And we need to have those conversations. Yeah, man, for sure. Has anybody you've talked to, this is kind of, this is kind of, I think what led to some of the, some of my maybe faults and that you said, I'm being too hard about. It was like the, uh, I feel like I'm at decision making exhaustion right now. No. Like I'm just so tired of making decisions. I'm also very, very tired of delivering bad news. I feel like every time I talk to our group, it's like, we can't do this. We can't do that. This is what we're going to do to work around this. Like, you know, it's like, I don't feel like I'm ever getting on there and saying like, Hey, we're having a charity and we raised a hundred thousand dollars. Like that used to be us. And it's like, that's where I'm becoming like, and even just with the day to day decisions that people don't even know that are happening. It's just, it's like nonstop. And I know that's common. And I used to do in my old job. But just lately, it just feels a little bit different. They're weighing a little bit heavier. I think everybody's, it's it's pandemic exhaustion. I think everybody's exhausted with what's been going on. You know, 18 months ago, we never thought we'd be where we are today and still having these discussions. I mean, we can't even cross the border yet. They say that's coming, but we can't. And, you know, I think people are just tired. Uh, and so we're a little bit more on edge. The thing that I've been saying to my clients, which I've been getting them to think about, is that you've heard people say this, there won't be a return to normal, right? Whatever normal was or whatever normal is, there won't be a return to normal. There's going to be some sort of new normal and new world we're operating in, which means everything's different. The way we travel is different. The way we go to school is different. The way we have our jobs is different. Everything's going to be different. And so I think we just need to all do our best to, uh, to try and get through this you know, do the best we can with the information we have, uh, take some for the team, right? Sometimes things aren't going to go your way, but I think we'll get there. It's just going to be a different world. Do you think we're being too accepting of that new normal though? Like to me, like a lot of the stuff that's being shoved, you know, it just seems to me like it, it's like, we're just like here in Canada saying like, 
okay, go ahead. Like, whereas, like, I know, like, I, so I had a friend home who's a prison who has a very good job over in the States. Mm-hmm. He's been, you know, highly, and where he is in the States, there's also the passports. There's also this. Mm-hmm. He was home for a week, and he's like, I cannot believe, he goes, we have the same rules. But if you ask me that in the States, like, basically, they, the Americans are looking at you and saying, like, fuck off. It's, I'm not, it's not your place to tell me. It's not my, I have my rights. Whereas here, we're like, you know, whether you're vaxxed or not, you're like, oh, okay, here you go. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, you think, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough question. We're, we've always been a far more uh, conservative country, right? And do things a little bit differently. And so, I, I don't know. I mean, I do believe, my personal belief is that there is a time when we need to move on. And we need to realize that this is not going away. And, you know, it's time for life to, again, return to that new normal. Uh, but it's time to get there. And I don't know what that looks like. But, yeah, maybe sometimes we are a little bit uh, too willing to just pander to what's being thrown at us. But, um, again, my, just my personal belief is that the, the pandemic lasted longer than most people ever thought it would. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people died. Right. A lot of people got sick, I think. And so there's part of me that says, yeah, we need to take this seriously. And part of me says time to move on with life. Yeah. Uh, I'm just mind blown that coming from the police background where I, you know, even today, right now, there's a cop probably in somewhere in this country being chastised for pulling over an actual criminal. That's right. For pulling over a criminal and asking them to identify themselves. Whereas I can't go to watch my son play baseball without doing the same thing. That just, to me seems like we've gone so far and i think this world we really overreact to a lot of things and it becomes that like domino effect of one company says we're doing this every single company just like it's all it's it to me everybody's making decisions to cover their own ass rather than do what's right yeah and i hate that yeah it's like well but i don't want to go there i don't want to turn this into a super <laughs> negative thing but maybe we dif- we differ on we don't that's that's why we have guests on here we don't want to do that kind of thing no i, I mean I, th- I think it's good right and i think the most valuable thing to me is to be able to have these discussions and so i have friends that are unvaccinated right and i am vaccinated and i think the best thing that we can do is to be able to have these discussions and you know whether or not i choose to sit with that person in a room that's up to me but i do and i've had great discussions with those people and i think that's the most valuable thing instead of just shunning them away right uh, either side you know that's to me is where the real problems occur and we've really created this sort of black or white um right decisive sort of moment here and hopefully that will change hopefully that will get better but i don't know yeah that's why i was crazy proud of the kingsville meeting that had nothing to do with vaccinations uh that we had it was the the ability for people to voice their their opinions voice their observations voice their experiences and whether you agreed or not it was okay yeah it, it's like you don't have to we don't have to agree we just have to try to understand the other side and i think if you try to like try to put the shoe the other person's shoes on like maybe you'll you'll be a little bit more empathetic and the world just like i think we did that with everything it'd just yeah, be yeah. a much smoother smoother place right now and again i think i think that meeting was well the the thing that I always tell my clients is at the end of the day, a business with your customers, it's not a democracy though. Right. right? Exactly. And, I mean, that's and, something and I say in my meetings with yeah. my team. Like and, at the end of the day, nothing is, is. And that is important for, for customers to realize. You may feel like you have ownership. Uh, you may feel like you're invested. You may feel like you're loyal. I mean, that's what I wrote books about, right? Being a loyal customer, being that loyal person that would do anything for this company. Uh, but at the end of the day, you may not have a say in the decisions that are made. 
And the company might not be able to make decisions based on whatever's happening in the world that maybe work for you or maybe work for somebody else. And so that can be a challenge for some people, but again, that's the way it is. It's, yeah, my it, usual co-host Casey, well, that was a conversation between us a lot of times in, uh, in our garage gym meetings was, you know, he's, he's an alpha male. And uh, a lot of times it was like, hey, listen, I've heard what you have to say. This isn't a democracy. Yeah. This is the route we're going. So do it and do it well. And like, you know, I think like, and understanding that people are heard and, and they have a lot of value what they're offering. And that's where, the, you know, being a the boss versus the leader is the difference too, is actually considering those things and then still making the proper decision, even though maybe it is a different avenue that you decided to go. Yeah, I mean, I'll comment on your decision-making thing too. Um, decision-making is a thing that I see that challenges even the best CEOs. And, and, presidents of companies that are much bigger than Grotchen, right? They struggle with it. And oftentimes though, we just have to make the best balanced decision, right? And so I was taught a method by my business coach using a coffee filter and using a decision-making process with a coffee filter. And essentially when you make a, cu a cup of coffee, you put in your beans, sorry, you put in your <laughs> coffee beans and you pour the water over, right? And the goal there is to have a nice balanced cup of black rifle coffee. And so a decision is very similar. You may not make the right decision, but you're trying to make the best balanced decision. And with that, you have to weigh uh, the things you want, the things you'd like to have, and the risks. And so when I teach my clients that even, there's like a little light bulb goes off because again, they've been trying to figure out what is the absolute best decision here that I can make. That's a good way to start, but at the end of the day, you just want the best balanced decision with the most acceptable amount of risk uh, that's you know gonna give you the wants and needs that you'd like to see from it. And so you always have these different things that go into that filter. It's never gonna be perfect, but you're just trying to get to that balance point. I think you've done a great job of that. Yeah, we teach a lot of that. So a lot of that stuff, and this is a good discussion actually, the, uh, through tactics, through this, there's a thing called the OODA loop. Observe, orient, decide, act. Okay. And uh, that is basically how it, it came from a fighter pilot, Boyd, back in the days of the dog fights. And the person who can make get through the OODA loop the fastest without being interrupted will likely win that fight. So when we teach tactics, when we teach going through a house, you know, the same kind of thing, or even like walking into this room, you're presented with a man with a knife, you know, observe, orient, decide, act, right? The, the faster you can get through that. And then the opposite way is to disrupt that OODA loop. Yeah. So like, as I, I want to disrupt the man with the knife, I want to disrupt his OODA loop. So maybe I'm going to move to my right. Maybe we're gonna split. Maybe we're gonna put a chair between him and I. Like those are kind of the things that we're doing to constantly move through that. And the best way to deal with the loop is have situational awareness, right? So a lot of people go through life without that. I feel like <laughs> because like you know you go you you feel safe in this country all the time, right? So not having situational awareness, but it's a skill. Like practicing situational awareness. Like okay, where am I? What to like now? You talk about environmental awareness. Like what could happen? What are the consequences? What am I willing to do or not do? And then situational avoidance being like the full loop, like I can just step myself out of this situation and not be in it, right? So the faster that you can get through an OODA loop, and I tell people in my my clients that I deal with with BLAST and with the, the tactical life coaching is like, practice making decisions all the time. Yeah. Like, what do you want for dinner? Beef or chicken? Beef. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> some right. people are like, oh, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had chicken three days in a row. Just make a fucking decision. <laughs> the more decisions you make, the easier the bigger ones will be. And then another great way is just, like we talked about with meal plans, just cut out some decisions. 
the less decisions you have to make, the less tired you are, and the more you can focus on the big ones and get through them quick. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, there's psychology studies about that, right? When you go to your favorite restaurant and you hum and haw about the menu, but yet every other time you've been there, you get the exact same thing. Well, the research shows you're never going to be happy unless you get that exact same thing. So just take the decision making <laughs> out of it, get the thing you like. Yeah. And enjoy it. And we talk uh, about our teams. Like The reason our team operates so quickly is because they all have the power to make decisions. And they're all constantly being forced to make decisions. So they're always traveling through that movie. Yeah. So that a lot of stuff that. is getting done without having to like, you know, that's the greatest part of being a small business is like at the police station. And I, not to rip on the police station, but they know it's true. You send up a memo. It goes to another boss. It goes to another boss. goes to another boss. By the time it gets around, it's half time it's even forgotten you know what i mean it's just such a slow process i know big business is a lot like that so allowing people to get through the oodle make decisions on their own on your team really seems to help well situational awareness and self-awareness are such a big thing and again my business coach used to talk a lot about that and the example that he always gave which always stuck with me was uh, going down the escalator at the airport at the mall and you know the person that stops at the bottom and starts checking their phone right but doesn't realize yeah yeah yeah, realize yeah there's 50 people guy. coming behind but the guy at costco that stands yeah. in the middle of the aisle of the cart yeah that's right but that's a lack of uh self-awareness and a lack of situational awareness now again you know a lot of people go through life with that sort of uh lack of self-awareness so it does require practice and it does require some thought to look around and say you know am i the only one that's doing this or are others having these challenges too or do others feel the same way as i do and so it's just something you need to think about yeah. so hilarious story <laughs> situational awareness so costco is like my i know there's a lot of people that love this place well, i got rid of my card i cannot handle being there i just started going i cannot <laughs> handle being there whatsoever man so the last time one of the last times i was ever in costco then that's what kills me is the people standing like zero self-awareness zero like care for anybody else in the world and uh, they stand in the middle, they're getting their snack, or they're like looking at something, and they just come to that side. My son, when he was my oldest, when he was young, we used to have that card. He was obsessed with elephants. Like, he would pretend he was an elephant everywhere he went and always at home, and he'd like do, woo, woo. So he's in the front of this cart, and we're in Costco, and all these people would get in our way, and he would like go, Oh, like an hilarious. elephant and the, all these people would be like and, but they would move and I'm like this is the greatest thing I've yeah, ever had like yeah. I didn't even yell at him for doing it anymore because he was like bringing people's like alertness to like hey there's other people in the store around you this is you know working through that store I don't know it was one of the funniest things like, it would be like one of those videos I wish we could have just followed around a camera and seen people's reactions to this little kid like elephant trumping at them to get them the hell out of the way and yeah there's out. I don't know have you ever heard the quote uh, or the word sonder so there's a there's a great word sonder and if you look it up you'll find the description i don't know it because it's a big long quote but the idea is is that it's important to recognize that every single person around you is living a life as vivid and as exciting and as you know full of problems and challenges as your own and so you need to think about that because everybody's got the same crap going on everybody's got the same sort of busyness in their schedules and so that quote that word has always stuck with me as something that i just try and think about when something's not working out perfectly for me recognizing it's probably also not working out for somebody else and you know i just i try and embrace that i'm not always perfect at it but i try I'm trying to find this Sonder quote. I don't even know how to spell Sonder. S-O-N-D-E-R. S-O-N-D-E-R. But I love that. I love that. That's a great way of looking at it. Like, this isn't work. This isn't working for me. 
you this know, might not be working for other people. That's and that, right. I mean, that kind of hits home right now, right? So yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great quote. It's always stuck with me. It's uh, it's I don't know, just one of these things I've always liked. Did you find it? Oh no, there's so many. This is impossible. This is, Irvin, this, aren't you supposed to be doing this? Isn't that what we're always oh, like focusing? That's way more important. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much, Tony. Uh, the realization that each passerby has a life as vivid and complex as your own. That's right. That's a that's a great way to look at things. Yeah. If you're gonna, I think that might be the, our our show title for this one. Yeah, you know, and I think it keeps going right. It says that the the, the, the random passerby is like an extra in a movie. Uh, but recognizing that just because they're an extra in that film, they might be the star of their own film, right? And so you got to recognize that and pay attention to that. And I think it's just, it's something that not a lot of people do enough of. We're constantly worried about me and ourselves. Yeah, and, and, and I think like it got, uh, the pandemic really like it did. heightened that. Sure. And like somebody said, uh, I think it was your, your buddy Ian Murray there said, <laughs> to the, he's like, you know, like one thing with COVID is people's like social skills have, have taken a nosedive. And I think it's true. You know, yeah. I think we've like, some for the good, because I think we've cut out a lot of the shit we don't need and a lot of relationships we don't need, but also, like, we're kind of forgetting on how to, like... Like, drive-by birthday parties? Keep them going. Oh, yeah, yeah, perfect. keep them going. Keep them going. There's a lot of things we can keep going out of this. It's, that's a good way of looking at things. So, man, so over this uh, pandemic, it's been funny to watch your transformation, not just this uh, shred thing, but I'm talking more like... So you had just transferred to a home office. Yeah. You wrote this great email about how to work at home. Yeah. COVID happens, your yeah. life gets flipped upside down. You, you, now you're, you're further writing another email for us on how to work at home with the family at home. <laughs> and clearly at some point you decide, ah, that's not working for me. What happened? Like, why are you now, you now have this really cool office that I've yet to visit, but need to. What, what was that? What, how did all this come about? Yeah, so it's funny. I've worked from home for 15 plus years. And so I think I spoke about this last time. Many of those years were... Uh, a lot of good work and there was also a lot of procrastination right like I'm pulling out the vacuum and vacuuming the floor just because I don't want to do the work in front of me but yeah as the rest of the world came home uh, I decided it was time to go out of the house and so an opportunity came up with a buddy to buy an old uh, actually a new warehouse space we had originally bought it to store I've got an old Land Rover he's got a he's got a car as well so we originally bought this space to store our cars in the winter and then we said, well, you know what, if we've got the space, we might as well put a couple offices in there. And then, of course, if you had an office, well, then you need a bathroom and then you need a kitchen. And then it turned into a boardroom and then it turned into a bar. And so it just kind of expanded from there. But um, I think it's one of the best things I've ever done because I have somewhere to go now every day. I'm out of the house. You know, I'm able to stay focused there, uh, get some quiet time. So it's worked out really well. Um, it's still kind of like working from home, right? Because it is kind of my home and it's kind of something that I built and I've owned and it's got a lot of love into it. The thing that I said early on is it, we can call it an office, but it's not ever really going to be an office. It has to be somewhere I want to go and hang out on a Friday night or a Saturday night. And so that's what we built. And it's, uh, yeah, you got to come by. Super fun. Yeah. What, and what are some of the tricked out things we got in here? Oh, we got, well, so we have a golf simulator. Uh, which is pretty fun. So you can do a lot of things on that. You can play sports or some zombie dodgeball for the kids, which they love. The cars that we started with, there's no room for the cars anymore. <laughs> so we do have two bars. We two uh, two bars. Sorry, we've got a really decked out boardroom, which is great. So we've had some meetings meetings in there, and we built some rental offices upstairs. So we've got some tenants in there now. So it's it's a cool place. There's a cool vibe. There's people coming by. So again. Working from home from that for that long, the only time I ever really saw 
my peers or colleagues or anybody was when I was on the road traveling or attending different events. And so now I'm in an environment with, you know, five busy entrepreneurs every day. And so it's just a really cool space now that we've built. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Love it. That was very awesome, man. Very awesome. And like back to the vacuuming, that was because of the bag of chips you had just <laughs> That's right. polished That's off right. after your lunch, right? Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> man, that is awesome. So we uh, we we like to tease you about being fancy, and you're always wearing some fancy clothes in here. I, you gotta try my new stuff, man. This new stuff that I'm working with, this ten thousand company, you will freaking love it, man. Yeah. This is the best sports performance stuff ever. Hook me up with the Tango One discount. Now code. that you're ripped, you know it really likes. When you squat down, it really flexes around your okay. glutes. Okay. Like I, okay. <laughs> I think you would enjoy this. So you're one of the COVID guys who grew up the hair. Yeah, yeah, I've grew let up it the go. Hair, yeah. Huh? yeah, just letting it go. Suits you, man. Thank Suits you. you. Thank you. We'll see what happens. <laughs> what? So what's next? What's next for, uh, like, your, your consulting business? Yeah, Obviously, I, things have changed. You were flying out constantly. Yeah. And so now never. things have really changed. So I. Uh, Again, I haven't gone to see a client or visited anybody since last March, uh, meaning you know the previous March when the pandemic started. So what I did when the pandemic first started was I made a really conscious effort to really just double down my efforts on my clients that I had. And so there's only a small amount of them that I was working with, but I worked really closely with them and I dug in a lot deeper. And so again, like we talk about relationships and loyalty, you know, I really just dove in deep and over delivered I was there when they didn't want me to be there I was showing up on all the calls you know far more than I had ever done before and that panned out really well for me because I've still maintained most of those clients so I think for me um, I'll probably start doing a little bit of traveling again relatively soon I've got a client out in California who I'd love to go see they're right in Napa Valley they're involved with wine so it's a great client would love to get back out there uh, yeah I don't know maybe do another book not sure the thing, the thing with me is, I mean, this office space that I've got now, it's in this time that I have, because I used to travel, I used to plan travel, you know, I used to have to go on these trips that would take a couple of days in the airport. I have a lot more time now. And so that's allowed me to explore other things. So I don't know. I don't know. I see a lot of opportunity everywhere. And I've always been like that. I feel like if you want to do something, you know, there's probably a good chance you can make it work with a little bit of effort. And so I'm just constantly dabbling in new things, exploring different things, seeing where I can, you know, make some money, feed the kids, get paid. Feed the kids. Yeah. What is it? What is any the new things that you specifically that you, you know, like we were talking downstairs, I've kind of started dabbling in. I guess I've gone all in on this MMA thing. Three days. Yeah, a week I, I mean, training. the office space itself was uh, my product. sort of first endeavor into real estate. And so actually owning some real estate of my own. So, you know, it's a commercial property. Um, so I could, I would love to do something like that again, build something else for somebody else. I think I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed dealing with the trades and contractors and organizing all of that. And so again, I think the pandemic and my work schedule has changed that it's allowed me some free time to try some of those things. So yeah, I don't know. We'll see. And my belief, which I've always had is the day that I stop enjoying what I'm doing, I'm going to do something else. And so I still love what I do. I still love the clients I serve. Um, but you know, there's always something new to be done. I'm running a few new CEO peer groups right now, which is kind of new. So I put together a group of, uh, 10 CEOs from different companies all around. We've actually got one from one of my clients from New Zealand. We've got clients in the U S we've got some in Canada. And so there's a group that's going to come together. Uh, I'm affiliated with a, 
essentially a company that runs peer groups, so they asked me to become a chair. And so I was in charge of building this group and that has just launched, so that's pretty cool. Again, it just allows me to build those tighter connections with my clients and offer them some more value. And uh, you know, I know you've been involved in things like that before. To me, there's nothing more valuable again than putting yourself in a room with like-minded individuals from different walks of life that can help excel you or move you to you. a different level. That's why I go on seminars and courses. Like, yeah, I go because I'm interested in the content, but like the bigger is that network of people that you make, like <clears throat> sitting at desks like this when you do those little, you know, okay, now go sit five of you and do this group or go to this breakout room and do this uh, little work exercise. And I find like those are the networks and that's the, like the value beyond the value that, yeah. like, that you get from these kinds of things. Yeah, and these are, you know, these are CEOs running $50 million plus companies. And so the most fascinating thing to me again is all these people get dressed the same way every morning. You know, they wake up the same, like the Sonder quote, they've got the same challenges and problems. And so even when they're at that level of uh, performance and making money and running this type of company, they still need that help. They still need those peers, those colleagues, those people to offer them support and, uh, and feedback. So again, that's just been another nice thing with my office is just, like I said, uh, being able to surround myself with different people and get different perspectives, I think is so important. Awesome, man. I think that's a great great way to end this thing. I think it was an awesome, like, man, you're always dropping knowledge in here, and you're so relaxed. The vibe that comes <laughs> off you is just super chill. Oh, Irvin, I appreciate that. starting a business. This is your one opportunity. You got anything you want to throw at Noah before we, before we top out? Oh, off camera. Off camera. All right, all right, all right. Anyways, thanks for being on here again, as usual, and looking forward to uh, having you as our last client, like, just rolling through this thing for how many more years you got in you, and... Uh, Oh, Good luck man. in your last week of this challenge. Kill it. We'll, Thanks, uh, maybe by then we'll be able to actually post your stats. This won't go up there for a couple of weeks. So <laughs> keep it up, man. Good Thanks job. a lot. Cheers. Thanks for having me. Now's the time to do more and be more. 